0: I am going to tell a college story uh, to kind of kick things off. Is that OK? So if you know anything about college stories, they can be a little suspect, especially mine. Um, and let me clarify really quickly before everyone freaks out. I was not a party guy in college. I went to a nerdy school. I went to a very, very nerdy school. Um, lots of engineers, mathematicians, people that like knew things that I had could. They, they forgot more math than I'll ever know. You know, And uh, I mean, the type of people that would, they're you know, sometimes you ever, anybody, you know, lived in a dorm before, you have that guy that always walks in and just won't go away, you know? Like, I'm trying to get something done here, Brent, but, you know. Um, so we would just ask some really nerdy questions, like, so, hey, Brent, like, he was a, uh, I think he was, like, double majoring in engineering and math, and so I was like, why? And, uh, and so I, I said, hey, you know, um, when, like, when you, if you were going the speed of light in, in a car and you turned your headlights on, what would happen? And he would look at me and be like, I'll be back. And then he, I got him out of the room. It was awesome. Anybody know about the merchandise mart downtown? It's like a huge building. Supposedly it has its own zip code, like it's that big. It's not a skyscraper. It's just like this massive building, right? And so one time Brent came in and I was like, hey, man, um, what's going on? Like an hour later, I'm like, this guy needs to leave. I'm like, hey, Brent, how much do you think the merchandise mart weighs? I'll be back. Three days later, he literally, he's like, well, if every concrete block, if we, I was like, wow. Um, <laughs> don't you have actual homework that you need to do? So so here's the story. So I, I didn't, it, it was, I got in, I didn't ever got it called into administration, never got called on the car. I just, I didn't ever get in trouble. I just caused a lot of trouble. Um, <laughs> if you know me at all, you know that that's probably true. So here's the deal. Um, if you are currently going to school or have gone to school, you know that at least back in the day, you'd have like a meal card and you could swipe your card, get, get your food from the cafeteria. And let me just tell you that our cafeteria, I don't care what Ludwig has if you're at Alvad or whatever cafeteria food you eat. Our cafeteria food was worse than yours. It was the worst, all right? It was literally the worst. We would go there for dinner and, you know, swipe for the meal, go in there, and then they would tell you what they're cooking and have it on a little sign, and you'd be like, there's absolutely no way that that is mac and cheese. There's no way you can convince me that that is a cheeseburger. That, is, that has soybeans in it all day. I can tell by what you're doing. And so we would, I would often eat Captain Crunch for dinner because the captain never lets you down, you know. I mean, it's the same every time. Like, you get that Captain Crunch going, you're just fine, and then you're starving two hours later, right? And it's like, I know, the only thing that's open... White Castle. Let's chase some Captain Crunch with a few sliders. That's good for you. I ate really well in college. One day we found out something. We found out that we could use our meal card at some place called The Hub. What's The Hub? Well, it's where all the highfalutin faculty and staff eat. Oh, there's actual sandwiches there with actual lunch meat. And there's actual Doritos in bags that you can actually swipe and get. And we're like, we're going to leave the questionable mac and cheese back there, and we're going to go to the hub for lunch. You can only do lunch there. And so we would go there, and it was, a, it was like, we we're just living the dream, man. Because all these chumps that are back in the, in the calf, they're, they're like eating that garbage, and we're eating actual food. Then one day, we find out that they're going to take away the ability to use our meal card at the hub for the actual food. And we were not okay with that. And so we started a little trouble. So me and a bunch of my buddies, we decided we're not going to sit back and let them take away our Doritos. We want our Doritos at lunch when we want. And so what we did is we started a campaign. And we wanted to make sure that if there was anybody else at, at this university that did not agree with being that being taken away from us, that we could kind of rally. And we found out that there's a food committee meeting. A food committee meeting? And typically we found out there's like one guy that buys all the food and one student that shows up to basically get gets paid to say, yeah, that sounds good. That mac and cheese that's questionable sounds great. Yeah, let's do that. We'll eat that. We're not gonna eat that, dude. So what we did is we found out about that, and we uh, this is a replica. This is not an actual thing. I may I may have one. I don't know. It just I would not know where it is. Is we put up posters everywhere, and if you know that I go over the top with stuff, I go over the top. You could not go to the bathroom without seeing like seventeen of these signs. All right, you could not go, and so it, this is what it said. It said, "Do you eat?" Fair question. You know what I mean? And then it says in the paragraph, we bet you do. We bet you do. But you won't be eating at the hub anytime soon because they're taking away that privilege. Is there, are you not okay with that? Thought so. Show up at the, the next food committee meeting on November 28th at noon in the commons. We had Brent, our mathematician guy, double majoring in engineering, we had, he had what's called, ready for this, a dot matrix printer, all right? This is like 1992, all right? There's a few people in here that remember a dot matrix printer. And we, and we were like, Brent, it's, it's basically, if you don't know, it's, it's a printer that prints on paper that's perforated, and it goes for miles. It's like one long piece of paper. And so we were like, Brent, how much paper do you have? And so he printed a dot matrix sign that said, do you eat? It was like 40 feet long. And we put it in the cafeteria. At 2 a.m., we did all the signs, put up all the signs at 2 a.m. in the morning. No one's around. Anybody who's up, they didn't even care. Like, whatever. Glass, like, bulletin board with, like, behind the glass. We broke that, opened that up, put it in there. We're like, yes, everywhere. Above the urinal, yes, guys, it was there. And they're literally eating their, their, their breakfast or lunch, and it says, do you eat? Like, oh, my gosh. So the next food committee meeting, right, there was, like, over 100 people at this meeting. This food committee guy, he lost his marbles. He didn't know what to do. Because people are shouting him down. You have math majors, right? I did the math. We're paying $16 per meal based on the fact that I eat two a day and I have a 27 million meal plan, whatever. And it, he, w- it was, he didn't know what to do. And so um, it, they had to move the meeting outside the conference room because obviously that many people couldn't. So we're in this huge hallway and everyone's shouting at him and stuff. It was odd. Awesome. We're just like, wow, this is big. This happened. <laughs> So, so you know what happened? They didn't take that away from us. They didn't. They let us keep eating our Doritos. It was amazing. It was so awesome. So, they did eventually take it away because I know Caleb goes. <laughs> Caleb goes to the same school. Now, Danielle um, graduated from the same school as I did a few years later, and by the time she got there, they didn't allow allow it. So, like, I think they waited for us to graduate, and they're like, now we're pulling the plug. It was great. I I don't know. Why is it that, like, that makes, like, gets me going? Like, why did that, like, fire me up, you know? I, I don't understand why some things like that happen, and you just cannot sit down and be like, I'm okay with that. I don't care. Give me more... And, and so I want to know, is it true for you too? Have you ever had a time in your life where something happened and you're just like, man, that is not okay. I'm doing something about it. Have you ever had that happen to you where it's like, man, I cannot sit back and let that be a thing? There is no way that that's okay. I don't know. Maybe it's something at work. I, a friend of mine um, who attends here, she, uh, she just called a meeting with her bosses because something was going on that she did not agree with. And she's like, this is not okay. Calls a meeting with her bosses has a meeting and guess what they made some adjustments it actually went fairly well um, couldn't sit back and let that happen I don't know maybe it's something at work maybe it's something with your family now this might be too close to home for some of you but maybe I'll use an, it might be an example from our house like guys like it's not okay like when you have people over and you trash the kitchen like I cannot be the one to clean it up every time it's not okay no one has that problem at home I'm sure but maybe it's, maybe it's something different for you. But, but think about it for a second because there is something that's inside us that it gets like, it gets activated. It gets agitated and it's something that, man, it causes us to stand up and say, uh-uh, no way. Somebody's got to do something about that. It might as well be me. Let's go hang some posters at 2 a.m. And we rally, we do it, and we make some, some change happen. That's what this series is all about. And really trying to understand, we've been on a little bit of a journey. Um, because we've been looking at, you know, a couple of weeks ago we said, hey, what's, what do we do when things are not okay? And we looked at Nehemiah and how you know, he prayed, he fasted, he mourned, he did all those things. And that was good. Like, that, was, that was some good work that we did. And last week, we kind of talked about this idea that, you know, we were born into sin and we're a sinner. And then, you know, we have this, this moment where we accept Christ and we, we give our life to him and he becomes our Lord and Savior. We become a servant, a, a child of God. And then we get an assignment. We get an assignment. And Nehemiah, he became the cupbearer. He was an exiled guy, thousands of miles away from home. He was the guy that tasted the king's Uh, drinks and wine and stuff to see if they're poison. I mean, this guy was in a literal dead-end job. Like, he was one sip away from being dead. And he would be easily replaced. And that was his assignment, but God used that assignment because he was a servant of God. He understood that about himself. He knew that he sinned sometimes, but that he was a servant of God foremost. And so God gave him this assignment. God used that assignment to go before the king. And I think what we do today is we get to the point in our series where we turn a corner. It's been three weeks now. We're going to turn a corner. And this corner that we're going to turn is we're going to really see what happens in Nehemiah's life and personally to him when he realizes that something is not okay that is not just about him but about something bigger than just him. We're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 2 today. Um, we finally got out of chapter 1. Um, everyone say, woo! So we're in chapter 2, and um, we're going to be, be in just verses 1 through 5 today. And I'm going to read them, and then we'll talk about them. So Heavenly Father, before we dive into your word, Lord, we're not too quick to say, Lord, we need you to speak to us. Holy Spirit, you are the teacher. It is clear to us that we have no idea what we're doing, and we need you, God, to speak to us right now. Help us to be uh, open-hearted, open-minded. Help us to to even just open our hands to you and not be closed-fisted right now with what it is that we have or what it is that we want. Lord, we just ask that you teach us right now in the next few minutes, because I believe, God, that you're about to change the world through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Nehemiah chapter 2, verse 1 says this, In the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when the wine, remember, cupbearer, when the wine was brought for him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. I had not been sad. Everyone say sad. That was like half of you. All right, cool. I had not been sad in his presence before, so the king asked me, Why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This can be nothing but sadness of heart. I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, May the king live forever. Why should my face not look sad when the city where my ancestors are buried lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire? The king said to me, what is it that you want? Then I prayed to the God of heaven, and I answered the king this way. It said, he says this, if, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in his sight, let him send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it. Let's walk through this a little bit, because I think today is about, um, I don't love check, check boxes, but it's the best thing that I have in my head. There's a few things, about four or five things that happen. If you're a, a, a blank filler inner, the back of your news and events is going to be where you want to go. And we're going to see that there's several things that happen with Nehemiah when he goes before the king and something's not okay about his homeland. So whatever was inside Nehemiah, there's something inside Nehemiah that is welling up inside him to the point in chapter one where he prays about it and he says, listen. I am about to go before the king, God, I need your favor. And he, goes, and, he, and he goes to the king and something inside him caused him to go before the king and the very first thing that it happened, whatever that was that was inside him, it caused him to be sad. It caused his heart to break. It caused his heart to break. It says that he, the king was like, why does your face look so sad when you are not ill? This, is, this can be nothing but sadness of heart. I I love how um, there must have been some sort of relationship between him and and the king, right? So the king is like, hey, this isn't the chipper, Nehemiah, that I normally, you know, like, you just love tasting poison for the king. Why, Why aren't you happy like you normally are? But he comes in sad. There was something that he couldn't even hide his emotion about what was going on. He couldn't hide it. The king noticed it and said, man, why are you so sad? It can only be a sadness of the heart. And and so I think that's the first thing that we need to ask ourselves is is, and, and believe that there, is there something in you, just like there was something in Nehemiah, that causes your heart to break. When you think about something that's happening in our world, something that's going on, something that is being destroyed, something that's hopeless, and it breaks your heart to see that happen. What is that? Today is about trying to put maybe just the beginning of some words around it. Not even, you're not going to necessarily go out and you're not going to start a, a non-profit or you're not going to start a ministry. You're not going to go take on the, the world. But what you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, what are some words that are around? What, what, what is the issue? What is the struggle that I'm starting to poison that, that breaks my heart? That's the first thing. The second thing is that it made him afraid. He was freaking out. He was freaking out. So when he goes before the king, he's sad. The king says to him, says to him, right? It says, I was very much afraid because the king's starting to talk about the fact that he sees that I'm sad. And he's afraid. And, and so he's freaking out. I don't know what exactly, but maybe I could put some ideas to it, right? Because he's going before the king and he's about to ask the king, hey, you know what? I'm gonna bounce, and I'm not only gonna bounce, but I want you to kind of pay for the trip. Is that if that's cool? And and you could imagine that it's either you're gonna get a okay or you're gonna get a no way and probably could be killed to ask the king for something like that. So he is so bound up. I love how it says I was very much afraid I feel like if this is a text to me there's a lot of caps like all caps in this like I was very much afraid it doesn't do it justice to understand exactly how fearful he may be because he knows that at the next few minutes could be the last few minutes of his life and he's freaking out he goes I mean you talk about a guy who was in touch with his emotions he goes from being incredibly sad to very much afraid It is a flip of a coin. And and so here we are. He's freaking out. This is the second checkbox for us, right? It's, It's this idea of what is it that freaks you out? When you imagine yourself getting into the game, getting into that situation, being able to do something about that particular issue, that struggle, that thing that's happening in our world, when you think about it and you say, you know what, that freaks me out, I want you to pay attention to that. Be curious about that. Because that's the Holy Spirit starting to speak to you. Something that breaks your heart, something that freaks you out. Let's keep reading. So, um, after that, um, he says, I was very much afraid, but I said to the king, but I said to the king. This is where he has so much, he has sadness, he has fear, he overcomes those emotions and says, no way am I going to keep my mouth shut. I said to the king, how could I not be sad? it causes him to speak up. It compelled him to speak up. He speaks up when he could have said, you know what, king, I am sad. It's just this thing going on at home. I got a little complication, personal issue. Don't you worry about it. He didn't say that. He didn't talk about that fact. He didn't avoid the question. He dove in, overcame sadness and fear, and he spoke out. What is in you? like Nehemiah, that when you think about it, it breaks your heart, it freaks you out, and there is nothing you can do to stop from saying something about it. You have to speak up about that issue. Pay attention to that, because that's God speaking to your heart about something that he wants to use you to change the world around. Let's keep reading. So Nehemiah responds, and he says to the king, um, hey my my ancestors are buried this is all in ruins it's destroyed by fire and then the king says to him what is it that you want and nehemiah begins to explain exactly what he wants he wants to go back to jerusalem and be able to rebuild the walls some of you are following along and you know that that's not exactly what he does I, i sometimes we act these out we're not gonna act it out today but i love this because what does he do the king says to Nehemiah, hey, what is it that you want? And then it says, then I prayed. Then I prayed. So think about this. We hear, like, Paul talks about it, pray on, you know, without ceasing, have an attitude of prayer all the time. Here's the conversation. We're having a conversation. Here, I'm the king, and this is me being Nehemiah. How much time is there between the king saying, what is it that you want? And him responding. Because in between there, it says that he prayed. So it doesn't, we don't know what he prayed, but imagine if the king says, and think about the pause in between the response. Hey, so what is it that you want? back and we build the walls. I don't know. It's fascinating to me to think about, like, and then I prayed and then I responded. I think what it was probably more, it was like a last, like, I'm just going to send one more (laughs) prayer up before I do this. Okay, God, here we go. Full send, right? I, I love that. I love it. It causes him to pray. So, he knew that it wasn't about all the planning he had done. Next week we're going to learn about all the planning he had done. He had all the he had all the plans figured out. He knew exactly what he needed to get the job done. He didn't know how it was going to happen, but he knew that he had to get there. You know, if he would get there, but he knew that he, he had this planning. He didn't say, hey, I got this figured out. He prayed. He said he knew that he needed God. He knew that he needed God in that moment that I'm going to be, be before the king. I still need God. I can't rely on myself here. I am He remembers his position. He remembers who he is. He's still, in that context, he is just a cupbearer to the king. But he knows that he's truly a servant of the most high king. And so he prays. What is it that breaks your heart, freaks you out, causes you to speak up, and drops you to your knees? You say, God, it's not about me. It's about you. I need you right now. Pay attention to that, because that's God talking to you. Let's keep reading. So he prays, and then the last part, he says, hey, you know what? Um, I'm in, I want to go back to, let, let, you, let him, the king, send me to the city in Judah where my ancestors are buried so that I can rebuild it, so that I can rebuild it. This thing compels him. Whatever's inside him, whatever that thing that is causing him to just well up inside and say, that is not okay, somebody ought to do something about it, might as well be me, it inspires him to act. It inspires him to say, "I'm gonna. I'm not gonna send. I'm not gonna send some money back home and have them rebuild it. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna go back myself and I'm gonna rebuild those walls. I'm gonna figure out how to get it done." And it inspires him to act. Overcomes sadness. Overcomes fear. Speaks out to the most powerful human being in the world that has his life hanging in the balance and says, "You know what? I want to quit my job and I want you to pay for my new one." And goes there and inspires him to act so for us for us I think I think the question is what is it that God's speaking to you about what is it that breaks your heart causes you to freak out speak up pray and act this is what God's speaking to us about Um, Fred Frederick Buechner um, has a quote that um, I think I don't know if I'm saying his name right but hey you know whatever Um, The place God calls you to is the place where your deep gladness and the world's deep hunger meet. I would change that, if that was a Nehemiah quote, I would just tweak it a little bit, and it would say, where your deep sadness, in this case, right? Because he was so sad and sorrowful about what was happening back in Jerusalem. But what you're finding in this quote is this idea that something about what you're called to is where you find Momentum, where you gain energy and strength because you're a part of it, and it's also where the world's deep need is at. Pay attention to what's in your heart about this. Um, and I believe that you're, you, some of you are feeling that right now. You're like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm starting. I kind of feel like this is that area. This might be it. Some of you have been wondering, like, God, Are you out there? God, are you up there? And all along, God is saying, I'm in here, and I'm speaking to you. Liz Bohannon spoke at the Leadership Summit this uh, past August. We had that here. It was an awesome event. And she said something about passion, about really calling and about what your purpose is. And, And she says this, I hate to break it to you, but you're likely never going to find your passion because your passion is and purpose are something you build actively day by day by day. So for some of us, like I said, it's just getting the words around that issue, that idea about what it is that is stirring in your heart, and then you're going to begin to build on that day by day. You're not going to start a nonprofit tomorrow, but you might start serving at the food pantry this Tuesday. You could start saying, okay, God, I feel like I want to give back. I want to do something with my life and see what you have for me. Let me try this. Let me serve in some way. I think that there's another type of person in the room where some of you, like, some of you are finding that there might be something there. You're like, okay. And then there's others of you that feel zero right now. You don't feel anything. Like, you literally are, like, in the grind, and you don't feel. I want to talk to you for a second. Because, number one, that grind is designed to take you away and to distract you from what God truly has for you. Does it mean that you're going to upend your entire life? No. Does it mean you're going to move to Africa? No. Does it mean any specific thing right now? No. It just simply means that there is something that God has called you to, something that he's dropped in your heart. When you said, Jesus, come into my life, there is, Scripture is clear. He has prepared good works for you to do from before you were born, that there is something that he has for you to do. And the world would tell you you're just a number, you're just average, you don't have anything to give. But also, the fact that we get so much news every day causes us to get numb. Yeah, Joe, you're going to do the food pantry? You're just another handout. People take advantage of the system all the time. I'm tired of that. I'm tired of, I'm tired of hearing about all the poverty around the world and all the the fighting and over and and we were um we were uh fundraising at a fairly public event it was at a company and um we were fundraising for human trafficking anti-human trafficking and uh and it was me and the kids and and we were like selling different things and for donations and raising money for an organization that did global work in this area and we had somebody come up to us and literally said, "Is uh is is my donation going to do work in in the overseas like for this problem?" We said, "Yeah, it is." And she said, she said "Fine, I'm not giving you a penny cuz I don't want to help anyone, I want to help America." And I was like, "Wow." Okay. Kids, this is the real world. Like this is how we feel sometimes. Man, we we hear about all of the the issues in our world and there's a term for it. People like I don't know, researchers and, and stuff. They, they, make a, they made a, a, a term for it, but it's, it's where we have so much bad news that one more bit of bad news doesn't really matter to us. There's another school shooting in California this week. Right, yeah. And it's, the question is, is how do we wake up? How do we wake up to the fact that you are on a mission? If you're believing, sitting here today and believing that you don't have a purpose and that there's absolutely nothing that you can do, let me tell you right now, you're wrong. Because scripture is clear that he has brought you to this point, and there's no mistakes in God's economy. You're here for a reason today, and maybe it's just to hear that, that you have a purpose. God has a plan for your life, and you can change your world. But we know that he has to change this world first. So if that's you today, I'm going to encourage you to just make some room. I'll leave you alone. Um, Make some room in your heart. Make some space. You're good. Just right there. Make some space to get quiet and let God speak to you that you do have the ability to do something. You can't do everything, but you can do something. And the trick is figuring out how do I get quiet enough to hear the truth about who I am and who my, who, what I'm called to And not just give in to the grind. Because God has a plan and a purpose for you. I want you to listen to um, an example of this. Um, This is Rachel Makotis. She is um, our director at Natural Discovery, our our child care. Just to kind of listen to some of the words she uses. She didn't know what I was going to be speaking about today. um, But she recorded this video this week. And I was like, I'm using it. (laughs) So... um, Take
1: a listen to this. Hey, Second Place family. My name is Rachel Makotis, and I wanted to tell you a little bit about my story. I started attending Second Place when I was 19, uh, four years ago, and at the time, I was trying to finish up school, and I had transitioned over from my two-year community college to my university, Governor State, and I'd started my journey majoring in education at Prairie State, Um, but I got very discouraged because a lot of my professors were saying that if you want to help kids and, you know, be a light to them and serve them, that teaching wasn't a good way to do that because it's very political and teachers don't get a lot of say in what they get to do and actually teach. And I come from a background of being homeschooled, so I had no context for any of this before attending college. And so it was really eye-opening for me and I thought, okay, maybe this isn't something I want to do because education isn't as free as I thought it it, it was. So, I kind of redirected, and when I transitioned to Governor State, I changed my major to biology, um, which was a little discouraging, because it set me back, because I had uh, credits already towards a different degree, and um, so I was kind of back at ground zero in a way, because I didn't have a lot of the pre- prerequisites for my program, my major. I was taking my classes and loved my program and loved doing field work and working with animals and conservation. I've always been really passionate about being outside and nature and staying active. And I got to do all of that within my program and degree, which is very exciting. Um, But the more I talked and learned from my professors, the more I found out that like as a profession, all the fun stuff I love doing wasn't very easy to do long term because it's not very well funded and it's very competitive so you have to work really really hard to get just a little bit done and I was really hitting a wall because I wanted to do something with my life that meant something, that helped people in some way and I really wasn't feeling like I could do that and still have fun. But when I started coming here, that's kind of where my headspace was. I wasn't content with where I was, and I was really praying about my calling. Um, So I had been coming here. I had been coming here a while and had met a lot of people and loved uh, our second place community and family. And I was trying to get more involved and plugged in. And uh, I was talking to Sarah Dicenzo one day, and she was telling me about how they would love to start a childcare center here at Second Place. And she was asking if I had any experience or interest in something like that, and if I would want to be part of something like that if they decided to move forward. And I thought, wow, that's, uh, It's kind of God slapping me in the face, because this is exactly what I've been praying for. So I really took our conversation to be his answer to my prayers. I just really want to thank everybody for all your support. Because of you, we get to serve dozens of families in our community, and we get to love on kids all day when their parents are hard at work and... It's just so much fun and I absolutely love what I get to do and everyone that I get to live life with. These are a few of my friends that I get to serve every day and we have a lot of fun at school. (laughs) Can you guys say hi? hi? Hi. I can't. Wait, I can't get in the picture. (laughs) Jasper, watch out. All right, everybody make funny faces. I can't see it. I'm not even in it. Nobody can see me. I'm not
0: even in it
1: either. I can't even see it.
0: So, you know, someone who was going to be, you know, 100% biology. ends up affecting all those kids, plus a whole lot more because that was just our preschool class. We have a full two-year-old room, and um, baby room is doing great, and it's just so cool. And I think the last thing I'll leave you with as we go to, to music is um, something else that can, can kind of get in our way. We've been doing some work and we've been thinking about the fact that, you know, what's not okay about us and how we need a Savior and how we need Jesus. And that's been good because we need to realize that. It's not about us, it's about Him. And I think what sometimes we can do, though, is we can look at our lives and we can look at all the different ways that it's not okay. Whether it's family that's not okay, or health, or, or relationships, or our finances, or even our faith. And we point to those things and say, hey, God, someday when everything else is okay, that's when I'm gonna get into the game and I'm gonna go change the world. Here's what I'll tell you, just look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah, there was a lot wrong with his life personally. He was a thousand miles from home. He did not, we don't know about, his family was far off. He, he was literally a sip away from dying. He did not have his life together, but it didn't, he didn't let that stop him from making a difference and going before the king, overcoming sadness, fear, and speaking out. And and I think for us, that is so empowering because here's what it is, that maybe the way that God wants to help you get okay is by you stepping out and helping and changing the world around you. And maybe something is going to happen in your life where some of the things that are not okay now start to become more healthy. I don't understand how that works. It's supernatural. The way that God may use you, the way that you reach out, it may be somebody that you reach out to, someone that you help, someone that you connect with because of what you're trying to do, that maybe something about what's personally not okay becomes better in your life. Leave that option open for God and He will blow your mind. Let's stand. Heavenly Father, You are so good to us. No mistakes. Lord, we're all here today for a reason. And Lord, we just ask God that in the next few minutes that you would speak to us. I believe that you've been speaking to us all year long and all of our lives. Some of you today have not made a choice to to follow Christ, to to say, okay, I I realize what you said, Joe, like that made sense. that, That... As a sinner, man, I I am trying on my own. And, And today you want to start that relationship with Jesus or you want to restart that relationship with Jesus. I want to pray with you right now. So, Heavenly Father, Lord, for those of us that recognize that we've been trying to do things on our own. Lord, as we are either starting or restarting our relationship with you. Lord, you are faithful to meet us. Lord, we understand and we know, we confess, we are not perfect. Lord, we need you to forgive us of those things that I've done in the past. And we turn away from those things and we ask, God, that you would begin to awaken that mission inside us that you have embedded in our heart. You're not out there. You are out there. You are up there. But most importantly, you're in here. So God, as we begin new, as we begin new, Lord God, help us to realize you're here right now. And that you want to speak to each and every one of us. As we sing, God, help us to be sensitive to what it is that you're saying. And maybe, maybe, maybe get a few words around what it is that you're calling us to in Jesus' name. You know, the gospel is not the gospel unless it comes from the inside and then goes outward. It can't be just half. It has to, at some point, move outward. When we started this church around our dining room table, we we sat there. We were some burned out people, people who had been burned by a church. And we, we had said, you know what, what is it that's causing us to be sorrowful? Really, I mean, what are we sad about? What, what, what were we really upset about? And, and we, we just said, you know what, all the things that have hurt us about church over through our lives, let's do less of that. <laughs> and, and all the things that helped us, the things that really built us and, and edified us and helped us become more like Christ. Let's do more of that. And and then we we just decided we're going to launch it and we were freaking out because you know when you launch something for the first time you don't know who's going to show up. We I mean, nobody, you know? And over 200 people showed up that day and we were blown away. Mostly family, you know what I mean? Um but it was amazing. And and we 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 are just after this idea that continues to fuel me personally, that there has got to be a way for us to find a consistent, active faith in our life that it doesn't change, it doesn't stop when you walk out these doors. It's the, the thing that was really upsetting me was that I would have these conversations and people would say well the Bible seems boring to me I don't know where to start reading it doesn't seem like it applies to me and all this and so for a year I put it away I said okay you know what try this try that do this do that and, and I knew that God wanted me to do some writing and so the soul workouts are happening some of you are doing those, and some of you are commenting to me about those. And and, and what I'm finding is that, you know what, we're not forgetting from week to week what we we talk about. We're consistently getting through stuff, and we're beginning, and I'm like, my my goodness, we're starting to see we're having an active faith, consistency with God, meeting Him and allowing Him to meet you. It's possible, and it's life-changing. That fuels me, man. That fuels me. It keeps me going. And I'm excited and I pray right now let's pray Lord I pray that for this room for those of us in this room Lord that we're feeling that too Lord God that there is something that's welling inside us it goes well beyond what kind of food is offered in the cafeteria Lord it goes well beyond that and it goes into Lord how it is that you want us to change the world so Lord be with us as we go. Help us to change it in some way this week. Help us to be light in dark places, a kind word to someone, maybe a prayer with someone right to your throne to say, God, we are coming on, on your, because of what you've done, we're coming to you, Lord God. Lord, help us to be that this week. Lord, we love you. Continue that journey this week as we go, in Jesus' name. Guys, love you. Have a great week. Do not Miss next weekend, if at all possible. I'm I'm just gonna say that. It's just gonna it's gonna be good. We're excited. Love you guys, have a great week.